Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to what I always say, one of the best, most underrated days on the calendar. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving, generally, it is the picture of calm and chill and gratitude. Mm-hmm. We have got some heavy lifting today, Vinny. Yes, we do. Thankfully, I'm wearing my sweats, so I'm ready to get yeah, limber. Yeah, there you go. Uh, before we get started, I want to tell you uh, another little anecdote that illustrates the rise of pickleball in this country. So, uh, the gym I go to, a mountainside fitness in Scottsdale, has a had a wonderful full court basketball facility. Yes. Beautiful floor, uh-huh. great lighting on the inside, really quality baskets and all that. You get, some, you get some good runs in there? No, but but I would watch some of the the quality of these games were absurd. These were a lot of former high school players, college players. I even told you DeAndre Hopkins showed up and was playing pickup basketball in this gym. I walk in yesterday. And they're taking basketball court off the marquee in front of the gym. They're literally, there's a guy up on a, on a thing, and he's pulling out the letters that said basketball court. And I'm like, why would he be doing that? And I walk in, and sure enough, that basketball court has now been partitioned in two so they can play pickleball. Pickle Are they changing the flooring? I don't know. I didn't check. I was... Too disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm torn. Like, there's this whole pickleball tennis war going on. Is there a war going on? Well, a lot of tennis courts are being converted to pickleball courts yeah. because more people are playing yeah. pickleball pickleball now, and tennis p- players are, are upset about it. Uh, the tennis store I go to, or where I get my pickleball stuff to, is, is a big-time, long-time uh, tennis shop. I, I, I just, like, don't. If you're going to go pickleball, go full pickleball. you got to resurface everything. Yeah. Yeah, playing pickleball See, on a basketball uh, floor. That doesn't. This is uh, where out where I live in Fountain Hills. They've got a sec. They've got a place for pickleball, and they've left the tennis courts alone because there's a lot of people who play tennis. I would be very ticked about that. Yeah, you know, it's tennis courts harder. have been tennis courts have been under siege for a long, long time. They have. Man. It's hard to find one that's in in good repair. Yeah, and then now if they're converting a lot of them, slightly I feel bad for the tennis players. Shortly before I moved to Arizona in 1998, I found in a remote suburb a an outdoor tennis court that was clay it's you know it was in a ritzy suburb of chicago really an outdoor public clay court and the court was like a grayish clay and it was fabulous the only clay court i knew of was at uh some fitness i don't even think it's around anymore but it was right on camelback i think it was uh 
I, forget, I always forget the name of the place. Yeah. Like 40th Street in Camelback, they had yeah. a clay court. Yeah. And I remember going up to it and looking through the fence and going, I want to play on this right. so bad, oh but I really don't want to oh join this facility. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but think of your shoes, man. Think of the, yeah. Yeah. All right, Jared, start the show. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yesterday was a day off for the Cardinals following their 38-10 loss to the San Francisco 49ers in Mexico City on Monday night. But it's not like not a lot happened yesterday. Uh, They'll be back on the practice field today ahead of Sunday's matchup with the Chargers. Um, In a shocking development, the Cardinals uh, relieved offensive line coach and running game coordinator Sean Kugler of his duties while in Mexico. Bob McManaman of AZ Central uh, first put that out there yesterday. The firing was a result of an incident that occurred in Mexico City on Sunday night. Kugler was sent home before the game. The Cardinals played without their offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Uh, It got real weird during Cliff Kingsbury's media availability yesterday when he was asked specifically about whether or not changes to the coaching staff had happened. And he he said no. And then minutes later, as is the Cardinals' track record this year, as soon as press availability is over, stories start flying. It's the strangest thing. It's really a really weird dynamic of of communication and interaction and dishonesty and, and all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's more to it than that. I think when Cliff Kingsbury was asked that question, he might have not really known what kind of power or authority he had to discuss the situation. Yeah. And so we punted on it and let somebody else clean up the mess. I don't know. It's 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 another whatever you want to say about it, and we're going to get into it. It was just another bad day and a bad look for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. NFL Network's uh, Tom Pelissero reported Tuesday that the team waived running back Jonathan Ward from the injured reserve list on Tuesday. Ward has been on the shelf since injuring a hamstring in Week 5. He saw action only on special teams this season. They also released defensive lineman Michael Dogby and offensive lineman Gene DeLance from the practice squad. And wide receiver Greg Dortch, who was one of the standouts, one of the few standouts on Monday. His first 100-yard receiving game as a pro. He's undergoing an MRI on a thumb injury he suffered in that 49ers game. Uh, The Rams making some running back moves as well. They waived their leading rusher, running back Daryl Henderson on Tuesday. Henderson did not play much in the Rams' most recent loss to the Saints on Sunday, but was leading the team with a whopping 283 yards on 70 carries. Wow, whopping. I guess some controversy on whether or not he was healthy, available, and I think the Rams just said, you know what, we're done. We're done. Um, You know, they're in a position to make those statements now. Because they're done. Nothing matters. Right. Carolina Panthers continuing their carousel of quarterbacks. Interim head coach Steve Wilkes announced on Tuesday that Sam Darnold will get the nod in the Panthers' next game against the Broncos. Broncos, Darnold will be the third different starter for Carolina this season, joining Baker Mayfield and P.J. Walker. Far from their best game of the season, or far from a really good performance even, but the uh, Phoenix Suns got a 115-105 win over the LeBronless Los Angeles Lakers last night at Footprint Center. Mikel Bridges, Devin Booker at 25 points uh, each to lead the way. Suns did not shoot the ball particularly well from mid-range and at the basket, but they did hit 16 of 34 three points. 
three-pointers in the game. Anthony Davis continued his stellar play for L.A. 37 points, 21 rebounds, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Phoenix snaps the Lakers' three-game winning streak. They notch back-to-back wins for themselves for the first time in almost three weeks. They're back on the court Friday night, hosting the Detroit Pistons, and then they'll uh, close out their homestand the next night looking for a little revenge against the Utah Jazz. It was an entertaining game. It was a very strange game. Mm-hmm. It got tense at the end. It did. It had everything. It had every, It had Pat Bev. It had another incident. It did. Pat Bev. Pat Bev. Yeah. More ejections no, than you're points. Right, but what you said about Anthony Davis, that was, that's about as good physically as Anthony Davis has looked in about three years in terms of just how he appears physically. Yeah. And he's playing like it, but the Suns are a better team than the Lakers, and they showed it. Four straight games with over 30 points and 15 rebounds for Davis and lived at the line. Uh, Bobby Hurley's ASU Sun Devils pushed their record to 5-1 and one early on the season with an 80-49 to 49 blowout of Grambling State at Desert Financial Arena. Devin Cambridge led four Devils in double figures with 16 points. DJ Horn had 15. ASU's defense tough all night. They held the Tigers to 26.6% shooting. Uh, Sun Devils back in action Sunday against Alcorn State at 3. The Arizona Wildcats threw to the championship game of the Maui Invitational in Hawaii after uh, they beat 17th-ranked San Diego State 87-70. Kara Kreisa and uh, Courtney Ramey each had 25 points for the Cats, who shot almost 59%. They will face Creighton in the championship game tonight, looking for their third all-time Maui Invitational win. That game tips off at 3 o'clock on ESPN. GCU won their consolation game at the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City. They beat Northern Iowa 69-67. Coyotes' endless voyage away from the Valley continues to Tonight at PNC Arena in Raleigh against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Oats have lost four straight. They did pick up a point in their last game, a 4-3 shootout loss to Nashville on Monday. The puck gets dropped at 5. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620, starting with pregame coverage at 4.30. College football rankings released the second-to-last rankings before this year's playoffs. No change in the top four. Georgia still number one, followed by Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. That will change this week because Ohio State and Michigan play on Saturday in Columbus. Two loss LSU sits fifth ahead of USC, Alabama, and Clemson heading into the final weekend of the regular season. Could LSU become the first two loss team to make the playoffs? Be interesting. In Brian Kelly's first year, I yeah. wouldn't be against it. With Jaden Daniels, I wouldn't be against watching that. Yeah. Uh, we shall see what occurs. And uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the biggest global stars in soccer, parting ways with Manchester United of the English Premier League. Effective immediately, the 37-year-old agreed to a mutual termination of his contract in the wake of an interview with Piers Morgan, during which he criticized the club and its coach, Eric Ten Hag. Uh, Ronaldo is part of the Portuguese team that opens its World Cup schedule Thursday morning against Ghana. We've got World Cup action right now. Germany and Japan in the 12th minute. Scoreless. I think I'm going with Qatar. <laughs> I just think it sounds better. It's Qatar. Come on. Uh, well, I'm going Qatar. I'm calling and, my, and listen, making it, my own rules. Yeah, no, I, I did the same thing with my daughter yesterday. I'm like, yeah, it's in Qatar. She meet, she's like, no, you mean Qatar. I'm like, no, I really don't. I mean Qatar. That's how it's pronounced. But but when you say that, people have no concept of what you're saying. Dark Qatar. Dark Qatar. <laughs> Air Qatar. <laughs> 
Rhythm Qatar. Qatar hero. <laughs> oh, that's a good headline for somebody. Except they read it, they go, Cutter Hero? What does that mean? <laughs> Cut who? Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. There's your splash for Wednesday, November 23rd. Yeah, like Big said, there's some heavy lifting to do today. Ugh. More weirdness and dysfunction from the Arizona Cardinals. We'll fill you in on it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Wednesday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have you had to make any coaching staff changes at this point? Uh, no. That was a brief uh, moment in Cliff Kingsbury's weekly press conference yesterday. The first voice you heard was from ESPN Cardinals reporter Josh Weinfuss, who asks if you've had to make any coaching staff changes. Interesting phrasing, too. Interesting phrasing. Oh, yeah. You've I'm, had to, not I'm, will you. Now, Josh Weinfuss said on Twitter. Well, obviously, um, Josh had gotten the heads yes. up through back channels that something was a miss or a foot. And tweeted uh, about Jared's it feet. yesterday. Sean Kugler had been removed from the Cardinals website by the time Cliff Kingsbury's press conference started Tuesday. Word had been circulating that something happened Tuesday morning. So there you go. The reason for the question, you heard the answer from Cliff Kingsbury, a flat out no. Yeah. And then afterwards, um, you know, Bob McManaman from AZ Central gets it from Cliff Kingsbury that, yeah, the, the Cardinals had to fire Sean yeah, Kugler I, for an incident that happened in Mexico City. I, I, I don't know the dynamics of that. I'm sure Josh isn't too tickled about that. <laughs> I but, am pretty sure you are correct yeah, there, Vic. So, I mean... I, here I, look, I'm getting uh, you know, rumblings right, of a story that I can break. I'm asking directly, and yeah. he tells me no, and then somebody he tells somebody else yes. Okay, um, look, that that is, that's that's a corollary to what the big yes, story is. absolutely. Well, so let's dovetail back into Cliff Kingsbury. We will, but the big news is that offensive line coach and running game coordinator Sean Kugler was fired and sent home, so he was not even on the sidelines. That could have been a possibility, too. You know, more uh, observant reporters. Hey, where's where's Sean Kugler in, in, in all of this? Um, you know, he wasn't at the game, did not coach on Monday. Josh Weinfuss this morning followed up with another report on ESPN.com that Kugler was fired after he groped a woman in Mexico City over the weekend, sources told ESPN. He writes, Mexican authorities were notified of the incident, which happened Sunday night, and Uh-oh. then informed the Cardinals, who terminated Kugler and sent him... Uh, back to Arizona on a flight Monday morning. Okay, full stop. Full stop right there. That's a, that's a heavy paragraph. So there was conduct from Sean, Sean Kugler reported as groping a woman, mm-hmm. okay, and Mexican authorities were alerted. So Mexican authorities had to du- circle back to the Cardinals and say, we've got this incident you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, and then just like that, Sean Kugler's on an airplane back to Arizona. That's uh, that's that's quite the turn of events. Now, listen, it, it's it, you, you can separate the actions and you can say, you know, uh, without further detail that Sean Coogler, that's a, that's a very uh, poor way to conduct yourself in Absolutely. any city, in Absolutely. any country. Right. Um, this is the second Cardinals assistant coach to be accused of assaulting a woman this year. Yes. Does that mean anything to anybody? Um. I, I certainly could see what, why, why it would mean. I mean, that's two members of your staff that are no longer with the team. Mm-hmm. The handling of the situations was far different. James Saxon, the running's back, running backs coach, uh, in May, and I'm reading this from, from uh, Josh Weinfuss's report, 
He turned himself into Indiana police after assaulting a woman in her Indianapolis home. But remember, that was not immediately available. That did not no. become public. The Cardinals then later admitted, if I remember correctly, that they did have knowledge of they that situation. They had knowledge of it, but he was still on their staff. Remained on the staff and then was suspended and uh, just recently was officially yeah. terminated. Okay, so this, so uh, so you can you can distill the actions of Sean Coogler, whatever they might be, as his and his alone, and they bared the punishment that he received out of it. Uh, but you also step back and say, "Wow, this looks really bad on the culture of the Arizona Cardinals." And and this perceptually, this might be this might be the thing that demands a complete cultural overhaul after the season is over, because this is the kind of thing that when you stack it up and people look from the outside it's hard to separate one from the other it's hard to separate all this nonsense and noise that's been accompanying this football team and it just paints a very poor picture on institutional control discipline and like i said general culture of a regime and let's face it i mean this is not something that's new with, with the Arizona Cardinals organization. This goes back several years now, and a lot of fans will continue to bring up, you know, Steve Kimes off, you know, off the job conduct and right. uh, how the Cardinals dealt with that back in the day. This mm-hmm. is this is not a new issue, but it's certainly a big issue. And you know, in in losing Sean Coogler from a football standpoint, it's funny. Um, even b- b- before we got wind of this, I was thinking about you know. When things go this south from a football standpoint, you talk about culpability. Yes. And Cliff Kingsbury, as the head coach, as it should be, you take the biggest piece of that blame pie when things go wrong. Sean Coogler did not receive, in my opinion, a lot of a lot of criticism. Um, you know, the offensive line was his purview. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the position he coached. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive line has been banged up, no doubt, but the guys that have been placed into duty have just not performed up to NFL levels. Well, um, and, and, and I think this incident from Sean Coogler um, also was probably evident in the Cardinal performance in Mexico City because Sean Coogler very frequently is the guy that gives the running plays to Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. And so the the actual execution of the offense, um, I'm sure, suffered because of this. Can you imagine being a, a part of this football team with this going on and just going, what what what's next? I, yeah, I it's, mean, it's crazy. It's, it's, that feeling is warranted, certainly. It really is. It's the perfect confluence of on the field and off the field problems all just coming together at the worst time. And none of which will be seen on HBO Hard Knocks, which is also a very interesting as well. I, I, look, I, I'm sure there will be more detail coming out about about this incident. The fact that Mexican authorities became part of this process is 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 interesting to me. I mean, that that's that's got to be very embarrassing to Michael Bidwill. I hope it is. Uh, yeah, to be down there on behalf and trying to grow the brand. Yeah, celebration of American football, uh, as you said, an opportunity to grow your brand in a region where you could pick up a lot of fans. Um, and, you know, it was all, every, everything was so positive about this trip, despite the conditions of, of the Cardinals football team, their record, what's gone into this season for them. It was like a, a, a three day respite to be on the big state, the big international stage, and they can't even do that right. They can't even do that right. So, Why try to hide it? 
That, so now let's get to Cliff Kingsbury. Okay, so so now when when this gets when this has happened and wind is going around and people are going, hey, listen, we're we're, we're hearing something happened, and and you get asked a question that directly, did you make a change to your coaching staff? I, I don't know how you just flat out lie like that and say no. no. I, I really don't. I mean, I think that if you were Cliff Kingsbury and you went to that press conference and you know all of this had happened, which clearly he did. This is three days later. Three days later, it, there must. There had to have been a plan on how are we going to handle this with the media. And to be asked that question directly and choose to lie directly, that's another bad look. Well, I'll say this, uh, and we've kind of poked around it. The Cardinals' philosophy organizationally with, with information, they're not alone in this. It's very guarded. They don't offer up a lot. Um, do I understand it? Yes. Am I frustrated by it as a consumer? Absolutely. What happened yesterday is completely unacceptable. It's unacceptable to the fans. It's unacceptable to the media that goes out there every day to cover that football team, especially when Josh Weinfuss apparently had some inklings that this had gone down, Mm -hmm. and that was his way of introducing the subject. And for a guy who goes goes for it on fourth down a lot, Cliff Kingsbury really didn't hesitate to punt on that wow. on that instance. Yeah, no, and it's, I know, and I agree. And he he could have very easily said, "I'm not prepared to talk about that right now. We'll get back to you on that." Yes. Um, uh, I can't. Sorry, can't go there. Respect the question. To, just to say no and then to leave and then to have another mess cr- come out of that. Like you said, it's happened very very frequently in the past where either the head coach hasn't been o- aware of situation and they've had a double back and re-inform the media of things or whether he's misspoke on a situation or a player and the organization has to double back and clean that up. This is different. This is a direct question he chose to lie in well, response and, to. And, and the Eno Benjamin situation, that story, like there wasn't a direct question asked about Eno Benjamin other than why were his carries down. That question was answered as soon as the press availability was over. The Eno Benjamin story broke. And I think there may have been a third one earlier in the year where something of significance happened. And I apologize for not having that at my fingertips, but it just seems like this is their, their, their mode of operation. Yeah. Which, again, it, it, it's not acceptable. No. No, and I know there have been times in the past when, when Cliff Kingsbury might not have fully been in the loop the way every other head coach in the NFL would be in terms of control of well, the information within an organization. But this is different. Like you said, it's different. It's, 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 it was a very direct question with very little ambiguity, and the response was a lie. Yes, and uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, oh, Hurricane Patrick Beverly ran through town. Uh, oh, left, that a, guy. left a little bit of damage, but not on the score sheet. We'll get into the Suns win over the Lakers next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Wednesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Reeves going up against Booker. Booker knocked it away. Reeves is down. Oh, oh there's work. Oh, and that's overrated. He sure did. They there. had words earlier. He straight leveled. DeAndre Ayton. And he, Beverly is upset because the officials would not call when DeAndre Ayton was standing over Austin Reeves. And he took offense to that because they wouldn't call it. So he took matters into his own hands. 
Wow. Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller on TNT last night. That happened just under four minutes to go in the game. A uh, foul by Devin Booker uh, on Austin Reeves. There was a little standing over. There was some drawing going back and forth for some some possessions before that. And then Patrick Beverly strikes. Patrick Beverly does what Patrick Beverly does, and that is run up on an opponent and push them from the back. Yeah. And I love the comments from Patrick Beverly afterwards. You, you know, using it as a as a badge of honor. I got somebody's back. No, pushing people in the back doesn't mean you have somebody's back. He, I mean, you know my thoughts on Patrick Beverly. The guy is an absolute menace, uh, and I don't mean that in a good way. He's going to hurt somebody before his career is over because he feels entitled that that's his role yeah. on a basketball well, court. It's an absolute joke. I think the NBA is going to hammer him this time. I, th- I, I think that he kind of got off easy with what he did to Chris Paul. Yes. And, this, and this to do this a second time, you can't chalk this up to frustration of the playoffs. This is just, this is like you said, being a menace. So I think I think there's going to be quite a lengthy suspension coming for him. So I, I do think the NBA is going to recognize the severity of what last night meant. Yeah, uh, we, we'll see. And, and the NBA usually acts pretty swiftly on matters like this, so we'll find out. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, who was the recipient of that push from uh, Patrick Beverly, which, you know, he admitted he embellished a little bit, but uh, here he was uh, getting put uh, on getting pushed in the back as opposed to from the front. I mean, that's the second time he uh, pushed somebody with a back turn. But, hey, it is what it is, man. Like, you know, I don't worry about it. It ain't hurt me. I ain't taking nothing in my pocket. And I ain't react. You know what I'm saying? So I'm making sure I stay solid, man. <laughs> I ain't react. They ain't get me. <laughs> they ain't get me out the game. I'm saying it. So I'm going to lift my leg up and go crazy. Like, hey. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, man, this was a fun game. Uh, Monty Williams. For whatever reason, there's always a bit of whatever when we play them. It's just the nature of the, I wouldn't say rivalry or anything like that, but maybe it is. I haven't been in Phoenix long enough to experience it all, but this is that time of the year before Thanksgiving, before Christmas, before All-Star break where you start to see not necessarily slippage, but, you know, there's so many distractions. And um, I thought we did a, a decent job of just kind of staying with it after all of the uh, the stuff happened. Yeah, this is not, with with all due respect to Monty Williams, this isn't a Lakers-Suns thing. This is a Patrick Beverly-Suns thing. Well, yes, I agree with that, but I also think, as Monty Williams said, the NBA, other teams in the NBA, they feel very comfortable doing this to the Phoenix Suns, and and, and he wants the league to check that out, which leads to a completely different conversation. A lot of Laker fans are trolling the Suns again this morning for letting Pat Bev do something like that without having somebody come and physically handle that matter on the basketball court. Now, uh, you know my thoughts on that. It would have been very dumb for anybody other than Frank Kaminsky to have done that in Game 6 of the West. Western Conference Finals a couple of years ago, but in a regular season game, would there have been value for it? I, I don't know. It, there, it was a weird play because Devin Booker had his back turned. He was heading down the court that way. Mikhail Bridges was one of the first in, but he went right to DA. You know, I don't know. Th- those things are so fluid and weird that that you never know what the appropriate response is, but I do know that from what Monty said last night, he, he made it a very public thing that he's tired of other teams taking yeah. physical liberties with his basketball team. Um, on that subject about keeping calm, um, 
And look, I think it's a fascinating discussion to have. And we've had that discussion, as you mentioned, about Game 6 in the playoffs against the Clippers a couple years ago. But here was Devin Booker about keeping cool after that went down. I mean, you try your best. I mean, NBA game, you don't expect that to go down because there's so many more opportunities that we see each other other than out there on the court. Um, But it's an emotional game, and I would say things like that happen, but not very often, Um, especially a push in the back. That's what I spoke on in my... um, post-game interview on the court is like I'd have a lot more respect if he just pushed him in the chest when the man's facing him. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, breaking news. Pat Bev is, is a punk. Now, on the subject yeah. of keeping cool, like I said, I think it's a fascinating discussion to have. Uh, in the playoffs, that didn't make sense. No. Um, you know, in, in the regular season, the Suns are down a few players. I can see it both ways because Patrick Beverly has got some, some, some repercussions coming from somebody yeah. at some point. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, the Suns did keep their cool collectively. I found it very interesting the way that that was officiated. Patrick Beverly got ejected, yet somehow the Lakers got two free throws in the ball after that, after the uh, the offsetting technical okay. fouls. I think that's a pretty ridiculous way to adjudicate that. Okay, uh, yeah. I, 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 I want to get back. I want to focus, though, on this bigger thing here. Would it, would it be better for the Suns' reputation if they had a guy in the bench that knew instinctively, I've got to go and handle that? It, it's kind of sad that the NBA has come to this because this has got no place in basketball. This is not hockey where physicality is allowed and body checks are allowed. In hockey, they have enforcers in the sport for a reason, to take care of things on the ice to kind of police their own. So the question then to me becomes, in the NBA, you don't want that. You don't want that kind of physicality. So is the NBA going to step in and 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 make a stand to the point where the Suns don't have to fight for their physical reputation on a basketball court? Because that's absurd when you think about it. And yet it's also part of sports. And it just, it becomes... It, it just becomes a matter of that, and and does that affect the way the, the way that basketball games are adjudicated? Does it do each of these incidents, when put together, you know, speak to the way the rest of the NBA looks at the Phoenix Suns? I, I, again, I think the NBA, I think the NBA is going to pull out a hammer this time because that you can't tolerate this. You do it once if you're Patrick Beverly, and maybe you can skate a little bit. Ah, it's the frustrations of the playoffs. Or seasons is over. That team got the best of me, and my emotions got. The the best of me my bad but last night that's now this is this is this is quite this is menacing behavior but dangerous also behavior. leading up to that point you're took you're talking about 43 to 44 minutes of basketball where I'm not going to complain much, but when you see it on paper, 35 free throws to five, the Suns did take a lot of shots in the paint. I don't think they were physically aggressive going to the hoop the way the Lakers were, so I understand that differential. But that's got to seep in, too, subconsciously to a team. It's like they're not getting any respect from these officials. They've been to the free throw line five times. Um, I, I think all, and I don't think that's going to change with the way the Suns play basketball. Uh, you know, well, Russell there was a spike. There was a, after the last time when they shot four free throws in Miami. James Jones apparently complained to the league. In the next three games, there was a, particularly the next two games, there was a big spike in free throws yes. attempted. Last night's game looked a lot like the Miami game in terms of free throws, and, and and yeah, that's. But but I just think that's a different issue than what we're talking about with Pat Beverly, which is do the Suns need to have somebody on their team that does not allow this to happen. Uh, Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason. Jay Crowder. Oh, Crow- no, no, oh, yeah, yeah, him. 
It, because, it, like I said, I, I think it was interesting when Monty said after the game last night that this is this is happening a lot to our basketball team. That other opponents think they can do this stuff to us. Yeah. So I so I don't think the answer is give the Suns more free throws. The answer is is get the stuff out of the game. Well, I agree, uh, and and maybe that, like you said, uh, a hefty suspension for Pat Bev. Which what did he get? One game. Was it two, three? I wasn't much, but it, 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 it much. didn't seem like much too because it was their penalty was their season ending that That's night, right. It, right? And he served that suspension for a different organization because Patrick Beverly also gets traded more than he scores baskets. Oh. Uh, we'll have a lot more on yeah. the uh, Suns win over the Lakers too. There was there was a lot of good. It was yeah. a, it was a weird game too, but we'll get into the details uh, coming up. Also coming up, we'll get into some NFL hash marks. And a big admission from an NFL quarterback we'll share with you next. Pickley and Murata mornings on this Wednesday live from the Auction Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata. Hash marks. You know, my thumb is just what it is. You know, it's been it's been an issue since the Giants, but not an issue that I'm going to rely on for an excuse or need. I mean, after the Cowboys game, I put basically every ball exactly where I wanted to, and there wasn't any questions about how my thumb was. I missed, you know, missed two throws. I probably hit, you know, 99 out of 100, and, and people are wondering what's going on. This, nothing's changed week to week. It wasn't like it got better one week and then got worse the other week. You know, it goes through things each week. It gets hit, various plays, and... And uh, I mean, even the Dallas game, I, when I fumbled, I got hit right on the thumb, you know, and, it, and that and that bothered me. But still, was able to make some throws. I got hit, you know, a few times in the game, and you know, just just depends on, on uh, a lot of other factors. But it's not an excuse. I'm not going to use it as an excuse. It is what it is. I suit up every week and expect to play well. They're saying it was broken or something like that. Are you going to end up using a glove? No, I'm not a glove guy. Well, you know, are you a broken thumb quarterback guy too? Have you ever had to do this before? Mm. Has this been something you've ever had to do before? I mean, I've broken other fingers in the past. You know, if I still feel I can go out there and throw it the way I throw it, then obviously I'm going to keep playing. Uh, my thumb! It's, it's broken! broken. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Uh, <laughs> kind of playing both sides I of the I can't believe this guy. Playing both sides I, of the I coin can't there. Believe this Look, guy. I've been dealing with a broken thumb since the Giants game, but I'm not using it as an excuse. Yeah, and I've broken many fingers before, so, uh, but, you know, not that. Had you heard, had anyone heard anything about Aaron Rodgers' thumb before yesterday? No, not really. Okay, so in the course of one little give and take with Pat McAfee, he reveals, yeah, I've got a thumb issue since the Giants game, and yeah, um, I've dealt with a lot of broken fingers in the past before I'm just going to have to deal with it. Okay, so you basically use that radio show to come out and tell the world, hey, I've got a broken thumb, yeah. but I'm not using it as an excuse, but hey, everybody, I've got a broken thumb, and I'm going to tell you in a very conversational way with a friend of mine. <laughs> and, and preface by, I, I'm not, I'm not going to make excuses. I, I there's no so funny. There's also than the alternative of just guy, not saying anything or lying about guy. it. There's video now going around of uh, on the sideline of some of people attending to his thumb yeah. while other people stand around him to sort of block what's going on uh-huh. during the game. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, well, he th- look. Well, it affects that, my throws, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Well, there was, and, and I can understand why, because once again, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he must consume sports content nonstop. He, there is nothing that gets by him. There's nothing that there's nothing there's no wave of Aaron Rodgers criticism that he doesn't somehow address in the following ensuing 
Pat McAfee podcast appearance. Yeah, That's he not might what have I like a briefing gonna... that he goes through. Yeah. You were going to say he consumes ayahuasca. Yeah, I, thought, no, exactly. yeah I, I thought the same thing. There's nothing he doesn't consume. That's but true. here's another way to look at it. Let's look at this from all angles, especially considering what's going on with uh, the quarterback here in town. Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career, a three-time MVP for a team that's really going nowhere, uh-huh. is out there less than 100%. Yeah. You know, trying to win football games for his team. Yeah. I think that's pretty commendable. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, listen, I, but the, I know we're going to get into this, but I can tell you right now, Kyler Murray better play football against the Chargers on Sunday. You think that's going to happen? I, no, but Kyler Murray better play football against so. the Chargers on Sunday. What makes you say that, Jared? I. I think sort of what Dan is implying is that it just looks so bad. Because as much as we're all saying they're done, they're not officially no, done. No, they're done, Jerry. Oh, no, 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 no. Not- I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just saying perceptually, if Kyler Murray is, if, if he sits out this week and they lose, they're like officially eliminated, then what the hell is the point of even ever coming Again, back? Jared, if he, if in a just- week 17 game in Kyler Murray's second year, he had a minor injury that he came back from after hemming and hawing on the sidelines in a game his team needed to win against a backup quarterback to make it to the playoffs. And he didn't come back in right away. No. No. So what, and, what? And, he, and he stretched the injury last year. Uh, if you just if you follow the expectations timeline, um, as Kyle Vandenbosch said, he's he's become the quarterback that's day to day on a weekly basis. So that's, and that's what, not day to day. I'm what I'm saying, Jared, has nothing to do with the fact that they're still in it. It has to do with the leadership. It has to do with how much does he care about this, and will he step in at a time when this organization is going through a cheese grater. And also, the organization is doing him no favors by saying he's a game-time decision every week and then him not playing. Well, uh, if he's truly a game-time decision, three weeks in a row, that doesn't make any sense. Well, and well, it just no, makes it, it look it, like he's not as tough as, you know what I mean? Here's Cliff Kingsbury yesterday in his press availability. I think with the situation we're in, having four of those um, linemen down, I, I think we want him to be full throttle. And so that, that was kind of the point this week. And I'm hoping um, this coming week he can be at that point. See, I, but again, no, but see, let's, let's full stop right there. Imagine being a defensive back, a linebacker, an offensive lineman. Imagine looking at each other and going, so why does he only have to play when he's 100%? Why do we have to go when we're not feeling all that good. How do you think Colt McCoy feels? Like Thank a sacrificial you. lamb. You. You're you. the guy that's going to play behind Thank this you. offensive line and get the, the stopping right. beat out and of you. By the way, we know you're not 100% either because you got hurt. In yeah, the last but you're thing. a great leader and we'll tell that to the media so it just it, you know smooths everything over. Right. So so I I think Kyler Murray, he better play football this weekend. I, I honestly believe the idea that was floated out there that Kyler might not be back till after the bye week, I think that was more... Um, that was more engineered by the team planning on, hey, we can't take Colt McCoy out of the lineup. I think that was planning on possibly winning that game against the 49ers or competing in it to the point where you had a chance to beat the 49ers. Because I don't think there was any any belief Kyler Murray could beat the 49ers given what we've seen from him so far this year and given the way he plays without an injury. Now that they're 4-7 and seven, and, and now that there's this call for him to get out there and suffer with the rest of your teammates, 
power through something. I just think it'd be a real bad look if he was like, yeah, sorry, not full throttle yet. Yeah, I agree with you, but I think the NBA end of the season mentality is creeping into the NFL, and it might be creeping into the NFL uh-huh. through the portal in Arizona because I can I can also see a scenario where we don't see Kyler Murray the rest of this year. Do you think? Do you think so? Zach Wilson is going through this same kind of thing where he's kind of entitled. He doesn't really like accountability. He he really is kind of apparently rubbed teammates the wrong way for not being that leader kind of guy. Kyler Murray's clearly in the same kind of way. Do you think the changing structure of football, uh, the changing role of the football coach, the the de empowering of the football? Do you think it's creating a generation of this, or do you think these are just unicorns, one-offs? I do you think, think football th- players are softer because the game is softer? No, I think there's a number of reasons. The game is definitely softer. I think a lot of players become softer because the money is just astronomical. More yeah. money makes... Uh, more problems. More, more problems. One of those problems is, is guys tapping out. Yeah. And look, that's... That's a situation that I don't think the NFL considered. And yes, for years and years and years now we've heard, the quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. You can't win anything if you don't have a quarterback. So their salaries went through the roof. Uh, To the point where they started asking for fully guaranteed contracts. Yes. Nobody else is getting those. (laughs) To the point where the NFL PA is now firing collusion charges at the NFL. I mean, let's face it. On any NFL team, you have 53 guys who are very handsomely paid to play a game for a living. And then you get Jimmy Garoppolo, who is just handsome. (laughs) Sorry. Paid and handsome. But even within that 53-man hierarchy, the separation between these quarterbacks Uh and everybody else Uh on the team... You don't think that causes yeah. a little friction, especially when a guy can't to. go or has got to be 100%? Making that kind of money. And, oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. My blood pressure is getting up there. <laughs> Coming up next. 38 to 5! <laughs> Sister Gavin, you give it back! 35 to 5! Oh, yeah. uh, All right. Yeah, coming up next, more on that 35 to 5. Maybe. Suns beat the Lakers last night. We'll uh, dive into Vinny's view straight ahead. Bickley and Murata's uh, mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 28 to 5!